you're listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 256. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the a little bit cheeky, and dare I say slightly bratty today, John Brownstone. <laughs> hey, I was there when we tried to film, when we did film that earlier video and your shenanigans prior to hitting record. Shenanigans? There were shenanigans. I don't know what you're talking about. There were shenanigans. down to business and serious at all times. Whatever. Nobody, nobody believes that. <laughs> nobody believes that. Today, we're talking about the importance of self-knowledge and understanding yourself. Uh, know thyself and how that relates to power exchange. Hmm. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us. Uh, if your podcast app does not allow ratings and reviews, feel free to share a favorite episode with your kinky community. We like that too. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS and the number one, LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. Big shout out and thank you to our kinky patrons on Patreon. Mm -hmm, indeed including our newest peeps. We see you. We love you. We thank you. Uh, if you would like access to more content by us, uh, monthly live stream, monthly podcast, sneak peeks, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and you want to help us do this thing that we do on the internet, you can become one of our kinky patrons for as little as $2 a month. Just head to patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords, or use the link in the show notes. Okay. So before we get into this week's topic... I would like to thank the Butters Hygienics Company for sponsoring this week's episode. Hi, Jerome. I see you. So there have been some really cool, exciting changes over at the Butters um, recently that are completely consumer focused. Okay. So first of all, if you're new, we love the Butters because we love their lube. It's an oil-based lube. So uh, watch out for latex condoms. But for almost everything else, it's fucking amazing. Uh, we love we love our lube. I also love their uh, skincare, uh, body care stuff. You like the beard care. Mm -hmm. We're fans. Uh, if you use code Kayla, you save 15% off. I actually had to mentally check myself. Is that my code? Yes, Kayla. 15% <laughs> off. But here are some changes that have occurred since, I think, last week's episode. Uh, shipping for U.S. orders is now included in the price. You don't pay any extra for shipping at all did the prices go up a little bit across the board to compensate for that yes but uh as somebody who has sometimes paid six dollars for shipping on an order at one website and sometimes paid 15 for an order on another like it's a it's a hassle you don't have to worry about that international shipping is now also available has been available for a couple of weeks but he was able to do free international shipping for an mm. order of 90 dollars or more so yeah if you don't want to spend that much money Shipping might be what it is, mm -hmm. but just saying, if you want to stock up on some butter stuff, do it once, get some free shipping, isn't that nice? So that's like all new stuff that's been happening. And every time I see another tweet by the Butters Twitter account, I'm like, what? This is amazing. <laughs> I also need to place my own damn order because there's some things I want to get. Um, so yeah, the Butters Hygienics Company, 
sponsor the episode mm-hmm. code is kayla the website is getthebutters.com or you can use the link located in all of the places um we love drome we love their lube uh, i smell like a lemon grass and green tea and i'm here for it right now because <laughs> i have the perfume i have the lotion omg so thank you for sponsoring our episode this week to the butters hygienics company okay so uh now that we've done that we can get into this uh, week's episode. Um, and I called it like the importance of knowing yourself or why you need to know yourself. And I keep thinking of it as know thyself. <laughs> um, and this comes in like a lot of different ways. So this is one of those massive topics that we're gonna try to distill into an hour to an hour and a half max. Let's see what, what happens here. Um, part of the reason I wanted to do this is one, I thought about how you and I um, spend a lot of time thinking in different ways, thinking about who we are both as individuals and as kinksters. Um, Like we joke all the time about our astrological sign, which yes, yes, there are people out there who are like, oh God, astrological signs and they roll their eyes. And that's cool. That that's fine. But for, for some of us, that's, right up there with knowing that you're dom sub or switch it's like it's an identifier for yourself and mm-hmm. for other people and a way to try to make sense of who you are in the world and i sure. think that when i talk about the importance of knowing who you are that's kind of what i mean i think we all get to use whatever labels uh we want not just kink ones i think we get to use different forms uh, so we talk about being um our sign you are a cancer and you are mm-hmm. such a fucking cancer and i am a scorpio and i am scorpio such bitch from hell a scorpio <laughs> uh, do i fit when i read definitions of what it means to be a scorpio or what it means to be a cancer do we fit perfectly like a cookie cutter of course not because no. nothing any human can write will encompass one individual's entire experience of life it's just not even possible we're all too unique for that but do i identify with the things i find in that more so than a description I find in another astrological sign, usually. We also talk about the Myers-Briggs. I know yeah. that I'm an INTJ. I'm highly proud of this. I, It fits. You are an INFJ. Funnily enough, my T and F go back and forth. I'm like 50-50 on the line between those. So sometimes I have the traits of an INFJ. And for <laughs> anybody listening going, what the fuck are all these letters? And what does all this mean? Our intention over the long term is to do a video series on YouTube channel talking about different types of personality tests Mm -hmm. and identifiers and the way we talk about ourselves and figure ourselves out. Uh, Spoiler, the very first one coming out, and I'm kind of thinking I'm going to call it the Know Thyself series because I'm nothing if not not at all creative. (laughs) Uh, We just recorded ourselves taking the the BDSM test, bdsmtest.org, which is a repeat of us taking it. We took it years ago. Um, And so we actually got to compare our results. So there are a lot of different ways to figure out who you are. We Mm -hmm. ascribe to a few of them. I am slowly kind of looking at other ways. I know almost nothing about Enneagram, but I know I'm a, I think it's a nine- with a wing one, I think is what I am, or I'm a one with a wing nine, nine and one are my numbers. If you know what that means, you know. If you don't, don't worry. I couldn't explain it if you paid me. Uh, (laughs) I've looked at my color thing. I don't get that, but we'll get there. I've looked at, I did take the DISC, D-I-S-C, 
SC disc for work many, many years ago. I didn't like that one, um, but we might do it again because, and I think that's, that's a long lead up to talk about why I think this is important. And okay. it's because knowing or having a sense of who you are as a person, I think helps you make decisions. It helps you, it can at least help you make decisions, help you figure out what you want in life, what you don't want in life, how you relate to people. Mm -hmm. And I think all of those things are super important in power exchange. Yeah. Um, do I ascribe to, oh, only these two types should be together? No, no, I'm not. I'm not so far down the rabbit hole of personality <laughs> types that I think that there's a ideal pairing in every situation. Because ultimately, at the heart of it, we're people um, and individuals, and there's too many nuances in what it means to be who you are to be able to go, oh, well, an INTJ shouldn't be with an INFJ. I can <laughs> tell you it makes it interesting. That's what I can tell you. Um, and there's opinions about all of that. Let's go back to astrological sign. I have heard both that a Cancer and Scorpio never work. And I've also heard that a yeah. Cancer and Scorpio are perfect for one another. And what's hilarious, and it's in my life, both are true. <laughs> my first husband was typical Cancer in all the worst ways. Um, I'm still a typical Scorpio, and we did not work well. You are Cancer, and I'm a Scorpio, and we work very well. Mm -hmm. So I see the problems and the downsides with ascribing your entire life based on personality mm -hmm. type or these labels that we give one another, of course, because nothing is perfect, but I still find them helpful and useful. And that is uh, what what I want us to talk about. Now, with all of that rambling that I did, did you have any thoughts before we get started into my little bit of notes, which I think I've technically covered everything in my notes, so maybe we should just have a conversation. Okay, we're done, no. <laughs> we'll just have a conversation. We'll just have a conversation. What do you think? How do you feel about this? How do I feel? I, I think it has a lot to do with it, um, you know, knowing yourself. Um, you know, I, I've followed uh, my astrological sign for years. Mm -hmm. And while I know that, you know, yeah, not everything of it fit for me, um, there was enough of it there that was like, oh, okay. And, you know, coming back and, and kind of tying this into to BDSM, I mean, myself included, uh, I've, I've had so many people over the years, um, even you said this to me, you know, how um, when you found out about the BDSM lifestyle and, you know, sub submission and, and being a baby girl, it, it was like parts of you just clicked and, and it explained yes. certain aspects of, of who you are. And part of that is because I like understanding who I am. I think it's mm -hmm. part of my introspective nature. When yeah. I have names for why I do what I do or labels that I can apply to it, I actually feel a great sense of comfort. So yeah. I did not go through the shame cycle and spiral that a lot of people go through. When I found out I was submissive, it was like, Damn it. Now I know there's a reason for it. And now we can it deal with what that clear. means. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's clarity of mm -hmm. who I am that you can't always get when you're muddled in your own head or you're just going through life trying to, True. you know, survive it. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, I think understanding yourself, knowing who you are, I, I think that goes a long way, whether, you know, vanilla life or DS life. And I think that 
I kind of, I kind of get a little, a little chuckle when I watch fellow Kingsters completely dismiss not the idea of like a Myers-Briggs type or an astrological sign. Like that's mm-hmm. personal preference, but the entire idea of trying to figure out your personality, because my, my follow-up question wants to be, oh, but how did you label yourself for kink? And how is that part of your identity? All these things are labels and figuring mm-hmm. ourselves out. There are people who look at the labels we give ourselves in kink and would roll their eyes or reject it completely. But you know, so it's it's a little bit like everything we're doing in power exchange to explain who we are as a kinkster to me is not that much different than me trying to figure out who i am as a scorpio try to figure out what the hell an enneagram type is or what any of those other things it's about self-understanding it's about Mm -hmm. knowledge that you have of yourself that helps you move through the world and i think quite frankly even those who completely reject the idea of knowing your personality type uh did did you figure out what your kink label is? You've already done one. I don't think being a dominant is a personality type because mm-hmm. completely, for some people it is. Being a dominant is their personality, but it's also a set of actions. It's a way of living. It's a it's a way of moving through the world. It's the role you take on in a relationship or an interaction. Mm-hmm. Whereas I do not move through the world as a Scorpio, not on purpose anyway. <laughs> it just kind of happens that way. I don't walk up to, there's no meeting I go to where I go, hi, I'm a Scorpio. Yeah. And then that determines how people will treat me. Now, if that exists, one, I would not be surprised to, I'd be fascinated somebody tell me. But that is the, the difference I see between personality type kind of stuff and identifying your role mm-hmm. in power exchange. But I do see a lot of similarities there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever thought that one label or personality type or whatever was you and then rejected it later? Or, and at the same time, have you ever had one? I, I know one, so I hope you remember it too. Rejected a label or a type, a way of oh. thinking of yourself, and then gone, oh, wait, no, maybe I'm wrong. Have you ever, either way? Um, yes, and definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely one that I rejected and uh, ended up embracing. Yes, we talk about just it a accepting. lot. So, uh, you know, yeah, uh, being a daddy dom. Yeah, you rejected that completely. I, you, you, you told me that you thought I was a... Uh, Daddy Dom and uh, I pretty much laughed in your face. You totally laughed. We were riding in a car going down the road. And I'm like, I have a question. And you, I mean, like I had told the funniest joke you'd ever heard in your life. Yeah. It was like that disbelief belly laugh. Right. (laughs) Oh, how the mighty have fallen. (laughs) Yeah. But now have you ever had taken on a label or a type or, or defined yourself in some way that you then rejected later and went, no, that um, doesn't fit anymore. I, I can't think of anything offhand right off the top of my head, but I, I've noticed something. I mean, I'm not the only one this has happened to. I mean, I am not the same person I was in my twenties. I'm not the same person I was in my thirties. You know, and and what I am now will probably not be what I will be in five or ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I it, it's just something to me that is 
is an integral part of life that it it who you are changes and evolves just like your journey in ds changes and evolves mm -hmm. okay um you may embrace a certain part of it and and that particular piece is something that remains with you through through your entire life as as, as in your ds journey and other things that you pick up and you practice for a while and then eh, i don't want to do that anymore <laughs> right and i guess uh, the question becomes and this is highly individual i cannot answer it i can barely answer it for myself can't mm -hmm. answer it for anybody else is the things that you pick up and put down and the changes that you make are they th conscious decisions that you you knowingly make or are they things that just sort of happen to you and then the the real question is does that change how you see yourself so back in the day mm -hmm. when I was like, ooh, look, submissive is a thing I can call myself and that yeah. feels right and I make sense now. I embraced that immediately. Baby girl yeah. took a lot longer, like a lot yeah. longer to, to accept because I had preconceived notions of what that meant. And I do think that in terms of understanding who we are, what we think a label or a type means mm -hmm. can absolutely get in the way of deciding if we want to embrace it or not, or um, sort of claim a label for ourselves. And there's no right or wrong answer. I could have quote, been a baby girl all along and gone, I'm still not comfortable with that label. Yeah. And that's valid. But I, because of the way I am wired and the way I think, it was important for me to get at the root of why I felt such resistance to that. Mm. And it was weird because the thing that kind of made me go, mm, okay, was a little bit of taking the one of those BDSM tests and answering those yeah. questions and the the results spitting back at me that, no, you you got some tendencies here. This, this is you. And then weirdly, again, because of how I'm wired, that felt validating. I was like, oh, yeah. this isn't me trying to explain myself. This is a highly imperfect, um, flawed uh, system taking the answers I'm giving and assessing who I am. And in that case, I actually found it was easier to accept that at that point mm -hmm. because it wasn't me deciding. It was somebody else saying it. Um, but I think that that is an important part of the whole journey for self-knowledge and knowing who you are <laughs> and what that means is, you know, coming to grips with the things that make us uncomfortable and why they make us uncomfortable. Um, mm -hmm. I also hear a lot, one of the main detractors, uh, not people, but the, the tr words are hard today. <laughs> one of the main criticisms of different personality tests is that one, you can game the system. And of course you can. Yeah. It doesn't take much. That's fine. But two, that even if you're not gaming the system, you might get different results at different times. So to keep this within power exchange, spoiler for our next video, we retook our BDSM test and certain things were absolutely the same and certain things were not. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad we ended the video sooner rather than later because I was about to have a crisis of it's not ranking me at a certain place for a certain label. Why? Yeah. Why not? What What about me is not coming across to this flawed, <laughs> complete lack of nuance tool yeah. that it can't read me as this label? Sure. Um, and I... 
outside of the, being able to game these things and give it the answers it wants to get the results you want, like, let's just admit that that's a thing that can happen. Um, having changing results because you just answered honestly and you got a different result this time, to me does not mean that the idea of personality tests or these kinds of quizzes or whatever surveys are automatically wrong or bad. I think it points to how we as people change. Like you just said, mm-hmm. we change. You're different now than you were 20 or 30 years well, ago. I mean, God, biggest, I hope so. The, the, the biggest thing that I, I can say, um, you know, prior to you, the, the several, sub, the two submissives I was with prior to you, it was both high protocol. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, high protocol with even a smattering of, of gore put in there. Mm-hmm. And when we first met, we're like, okay, we're going to have the same type of thing. We sure tried. We, we tried and none of it seemed to be comfortable. And then once we embraced the daddy baby girl, mm-hmm. then everything just kind of fell into place. Mm-hmm. And even then we embraced the daddy baby girl. We defined at the time what that would look like for us. And I would say we're about what four or five years out from that now. It doesn't even quite look like that anymore now, but we right. would not change our labels. You are still daddy. I'm still baby mm-hmm. girl. It's just the way we perform those right. roles has changed, which is right. probably why that test did not clock me the way I'd like it to clock me. Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, I think that as with all things, there's a ton of nuance to all of it. So mm-hmm. I think it is perfectly acceptable to be a person who rejects all labels, does not want to label yourself at all for anything um, that you have a choice in. I do think that labels are helpful though. I think labels give us a, a starting point and a common language, even when we mm-hmm. make the definition fit us instead of trying to fit a definition. Um, it helps you find community and potentially like-minded people. Yeah. Um, But I also think that in kink and out of kink, figuring out your labels and deciding this is who you are can also be used as a cudgel. It can also be used as a way to push people out, push people to the side. I mean, the biggest one of all in all of humanity is race, where people group themselves out and a certain race, you know, white people, historically pushed anybody not white to the margins like that we already do it it's a it's a it's a thing that people do right so of course it happens in kink as well how many of us have come across the one true wayers who are like Hmm. there's only one way to be a dom well what they're doing other than being an ass is excluding anybody who does not fit their definition of what that type is and so we well, already know it's toxic to do, it's wrong to do, it's bad to do, it's harmful mm-hmm. to do, it's, it's all kinds of not good to do. And yet there will always be people who want to do that. Well, just to kind of play a little bit of devil's advocate to that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it could have been because of the fact that I was exposed to high protocol and that was something I was always familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have very easily you know, said to you at, at that point, well, you know, this is not working between us. We can't get this protocol in line. Maybe we shouldn't be together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there, there are some people who know themselves well enough, you know, 
if they want a master slave relationship, mm-hmm. if they want a high protocol relationship mm-hmm. or a daddy dom, that is what they want, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we were both open enough and willing to kind of shift gears. You know, and, and we talk about that a lot, that you have to be open to shifting gears and, and changing and kind of, uh, you know, what you expect and, and what can or will be maybe something totally different. I thought you were going to say something. Uh, what I was going to say is I think it depends. I think we wanted the relationship more than we wanted a specific dynamic. I think it mm-hmm. is valid to go, I want owner slave. I want caregiver little. I want high protocol. I think that's completely valid to have done the introspection enough or to not have done it yet enough, but to have an idea of what you think you'd like mm-hmm. um, to go, this is what I want and to go seek that out and then to reject potential dynamics that don't fit within that thing you want. Because part of knowing what you want, especially when you get deep down into it and you've been really trying, working hard to figure it out is knowing what you don't want. I think, again, it can't be so binary for everybody all the time because then you end up missing out on opportunities. For us, what we wanted was a power dynamic Mm -hmm. and to be together. So we were willing to be fluid with what that looked like as long as it fit and met both our needs. Um, And that was an outcome of knowing ourselves not just as individuals, but who we are together. Mm -hmm. And that's why talking about this is such a complicated thing because what you and I discover for ourselves and the parameters we use to decide who we are and what we want, it's gonna be different for 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 everybody else. And so I think that while you and I were not interested in, it has to be this dynamic, it has to be this way, I have Mm -hmm. to have these titles, because that wouldn't have worked for us and we wouldn't be together now if it had, for somebody else, because they've done the internal work that they need to do at whatever level to figure out who they are and what matters to them, they could go, I have to have this, I have to have that. And then that is completely valid as well because that works for them. The time I would uh, caution people to look at, is that the right way to be our way or the other end of that sort of spectrum is if you're constantly getting bad results, you're constantly in relationships you're not happy with, you're con- mm-hmm. you're constantly rejecting people that otherwise you're like, these are great people, but I have this very specific set of rules. It is possible to go a little too far in how well you know yourself because uh, as, as a member of Overthinkers Anonymous, um, <laughs> you can think yourself out of all kinds of stuff. And so, is it possible to get so deep down into a rabbit hole of this is who I am and this is what that means and have these very, very narrow definitions that you are constantly rejecting opportunities and or people that could show you, to quote a Disney song, a whole new world. <laughs> I will not <laughs> sing that song because nobody wants that. Um, and because there are, knowing who you are is one thing, how you express that and what it means to move through the world is as whatever that self-definition is, that's com- that's completely nuanced and is, is gonna change, as you've said, every year, every decade, at every stage mm-hmm. of life. And I, I haven't thought enough about this to have a hardcore opinion, but I, I think, I think, <laughs> 
that the core of who we are changes very little. How we move through the world based on who we are can change a great deal. Mm -hmm. Because the things that make up who we are are not just our genetics, not just how we are, our childhood and how we were raised, not just the things that happen to us. It's the things we do. It's the reactions that we get from the things we do and say. It's the people we meet. Like all of these different factors come into affect us. But I do think there, I think, I think that there's a core at our center, good, bad, and otherwise. It's a very complex Mm -hmm. little core of who we are. And then some things get brought out and other things get pushed back and some things um, that could be good things because of situations we're in become negative things. And I think that's why it feels like we're constantly changing. But if anybody with like an actual psychology uh, degree with an understanding of humans ever had an opinion or a book I could read, I'd love to know about it. Um, (laughs) Because what I have found for me is my actions have changed, my surroundings have changed, the way I react to things has changed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But the core of who I am, I still feel like who I thought I was trying to be 20 or 30 years ago. It just comes out in different ways now. Like I've always been a strong-headed, opinionated, want-to-be-in-charge person from little girl stage at age five trying to tell everybody on the playground what to do. (laughs) That helped me win so many friends to burgeoning businesswoman at age 41. Like, all of the trappings of it have changed. And, of course, at age five and at age 20, I didn't have a fucking clue that kink was a thing. And now I do. And so I get to channel different parts of who I am in different, excuse me, in different ways. And so on one level, I'm not singularly defined by any one bit of knowledge I have about myself. I am a submissive, but that's not the only thing I am. I am a businesswoman, but that's not the only thing I am. I am a mom, but that's not the only thing I am. Mm -hmm. So it's a complex ball of wibbly wobbly stuff. Mm-hmm. that I don't have a bunch of answers for. I do, this is this is me taking the opportunity to officially say what we basically hint at in every single episode ever, which is I think that it's important to figure out who you are, to get introspective. It doesn't have to be your go-to. I am an, an, a naturally introspective person. I will yeah. gladly spend a lot of time in my head. It's very fun in there. I have a lot of thoughts and ideas and conversations with myself and it's great. Uh, that's not everybody's way and that's fine. But I do think that m- the world would benefit from a few of us, a few more of us going into our own mind and going, what do I think? Who do I think I am? Who do I want to be? Mm. How do I get there? How do I feel about this? Why did I do that? (laughs) That last one, why did I do that? I really feel like more of the world should spend some time on that. Um, With a bit of humility of, I don't have all the answers and I am constantly figuring this out, which is why I'm always so fascinated by personality stuff because yeah, I have labels for who I am, but what does that actually mean? And Mm -hmm. it's different from moment to moment and situation to situation. And I've gone off on a major ramble. What have you got? <laughs> I, you know what? I'm, wow. <laughs> you know, I, I think, I, I know 
a lot of people reject labels. And to a certain extent, I, I do too. Um, but I, I think, you know, just like taking the Myers-Biggs, the, the BDSM test, I, I said this before, you know, in, in that it, it's not an end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a guideline. You're like, oh, it says I'm, I'm a little bit of this. Um, I'm curious enough to explore it. Maybe it will be something I truly enjoy and embrace, or maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's really what it comes down to, being open enough to, to kind of explore it. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you don't like all of what it entails, you may find bits and pieces of it. Which is the that, kink that experience. You, yeah. None of us like every single solitary thing of any one label or activity. Right. There th- I mean, there might be some people out there who hear bondage and love every single solitary thing re- related mm-hmm. to bondage. That is a thing that can happen. But that same person might be like, but impact play, I only like this one specific thing. Yeah. Right. And we get to have that choice we get to have those layers of complexity Mm -hmm. um and we ought to quite frankly and because how many times i've i've done this before how many times have we in a kink context said i only like this one specific sliver of activity out of this label am i allowed to use that label and that's the question people ask themselves i only like this very specific instance of pain under these very specific parameters can i call myself a masochist uh, there is no high council of BDSM, no matter what people <laughs> on the internet would like you to think. Uh, if you, if that label feels good to you to use, then use it. Okay, yeah. you don't have to. You don't have to seek permission. If you call mm-hmm. yourself a masochist, then here's the problem with. And we've done entire episodes on labels. This is not really meant to be a label mm-hmm. thing because I think this translates to all the different ways we can define ourselves and understand ourselves. When we use a word with somebody else about who I am, I'm an introvert. That's another one, introvert versus extrovert, which is a little bit part of the Myers-Briggs, but it's its own thing too. I'm an introvert. When I say that to somebody who, un- and they too are an introvert, most of the time they're going to apply their own definition to what I mean because they know mm-hmm. what it means for them. That is, I think, human nature. We all do that. When somebody tells me they're a daddy dom, my mind goes to you because in my mind, you are my current working definition of what a daddy yeah. dom is, which then means it can be a little surprising when that daddy dom does things that you would never do and that I would not like. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I have I have uh, matured enough over time to not be thrown by that anymore to now yeah. my I've tr- taught myself my immediate thought is, okay, well, what do you mean by that? Um, but that's where there ends up being conflict with, with what does it mean? And I know who I am, but what are the words I can use? Or I use the same word you use, but we don't define it the same way. And I would go back to how you navigate that is the same skills that help you navigate a power exchange, fucking communicate. If somebody tells you, I mean, this, this to me would work in the vanilla world. Somebody tells you, oh, I'm a total introvert. You can easily go, oh, me too. What, what does that mean for you? What does that mm-hmm. look like for you, right? And you've not made a single assumption and you've just gained some more information and probably made that person stop and think, oh, wait, it could look different for you than it does for me. Oh, well, right. let's have this conversation. And it's just being willing to be 
open to the fact that the way you define yourself and how you understand yourself, even if you're using the same words as somebody else, your definition can be different mm -hmm. and that's valid. And I think that's, yeah. I see a lot of people in the kink world bumping up against that and getting, um, getting very confused, getting very lost, sometimes getting into situations that that's not where they want to be in because they made that assumption that the way a word means to them is how it's just, just the meaning of it. And everybody sees mm -hmm. it that way. And it's just not the case. No, it's not. It, it's mm -hmm. not something, it, 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 it's not cookie cutter. And it also means that as fun as it is to do in an online world to say that I'm a Scorpio and have people who know a little bit, you know, think they know what a, about astrology or know what a Scorpio is to go, oh, okay, I know what that means. That's a quick, easy shorthand for communication. And there's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. But if I'm, if I'm getting into an in-depth conversation with somebody, that's not enough. So it's, it's the same in every walk of life. It works yeah. until it doesn't work. It works to say I'm an INTJ Scorpio. And if you know what that means, you know what that means. Yeah, shorthand on the internet real quick to other people who are like, yes, I do know what that means. We have a point of connection, great. Can we navigate life like that? Can I navigate a power exchange that way? No, I can't go to you and go, well, I'm a baby girl submissive, you know what that means. And then our dynamic work mm -hmm. in no way is gonna work. It can help categorize people to be able to yeah. say, I am, I identify this way. I have accepted this label. I use this kind of language and you go, yes. Okay. I have a well, sense of who you are. It gives a that. baseline. And then, then, mm -hmm. it, then you have to, you know, either figure out or, you know, explain to someone where on that spectrum you fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say something that I think might seem shocking for me to say as a person who puts out our entire relationship in life and at one point in time, boobs, on the internet to say that not everybody deserves to know the nuance of what you mean when you when you talk about who you are. That shorthand of I'm a Scorpio, I'm an INTJ, I'm a baby girl submissive, I can throw that out there and it's okay that rando strangers on the internet don't know my nuanced definition mm -hmm, of that. Mm -hmm. It's like any other information that is personal to us, we get to decide who gets to know that. Um, when we're talking in a kink sense, whatever your definition of dom, sub, switch, whatever, 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 whatever that definition is and how you look at the world and what that means to you, definitely a person who needs to know what you mean by that is the, the person who's gonna be on the other side of your slash, okay? Um, going up to a sadist and assuming you know what kind of sadist they are and just saying that you're a masochist and not explaining what the hell that means leads to super bad outcomes and a lot of disappointment and probably some really bad pain that nobody wanted. Um, but having to explain exactly what you mean. It's almost like, and I used to do this and I have seen people do this online. It's almost like we, in some cases, it's like we have to justify, I have accepted this label. I'm calling myself this thing. I have done the, the inner search and inner work to figure out I am these things. And now I have to justify it and prove it to you by giving you every single detail of what that means. Not everybody gets to know that level of who you are. They don't, mm -hmm. there's no need for them. If you want them to, if there's a connection or you're trying to build a connection or contextually it makes sense to do it, you're always free to do that. But to think that you have to walk around constantly 
I, labeling yourself and then defining what that means for everybody so that there's never any question, no. Not, the whole world doesn't need to know your inner soul, I promise, because the, the whole world can't handle it. The whole world's not gonna be kind to it and accept you as, I mean, y'all, has anybody been on Twitter lately? Like, there's, there's already no room for nuance there and then the masses, can be asses. I mean, can we just admit that? <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of people. I'm a fan of persons. You know, like <laughs> people group together in a, a group think kind of thing. Not not my favorite place to be. And so um, I see this a lot in with kinksters who are figuring themselves out and trying to find their place in a community and trying to make sure, you know, it's almost like, I know I do this. You take clear communication a step too far. There's nothing wrong with clear communication. Uh, you want to be understood for sure. But if it means I have to bear my soul to every rando, that's not going to be good for me more than anything. You know, that other person might not even know what to do with that information. It might not matter to them. They probably don't care. And they might be an ass <laughs> on the internet. So, um, you know, I think it's okay to just claim a label, use the shorthand, move on with your life. Mm -hmm. It's when it really matters to you know, your emotional safety and your happiness and your physical safety. The, the, yeah, get nuanced. Talk about what those things mean to you. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna check my notes one more time. Uh, yes, there was one thing I kind of jotted down in my notes about why, at least for me, <laughs> uh, I like knowing who I am with all these personality types within mm -hmm. a kink context. I like having the labels. And again, as with all things, not everybody will see it this way, but here we are. Um, I do think that the pull, the, the uh, there are words, words are hard today, sorry y'all, um, of wanting to be able to define yourself, okay. figure out who you are and then put a label on it in all the different ways, not just kink. Uh, I know for me is the world is chaotic. The world is almost too nuanced. We were talking before the episode started uh, in the live stream about how you are always both here and there. You are always mm -hmm. somewhere and nowhere at the same time. Like that's like, don't let yourself think about that for too long. Your brain <laughs> might melt, right? But life is complicated and having a way to quickly say who you are and how you view the world and how you move through the world mm -hmm. and knowing yourself and then having a quick way of explaining it without having to go into in depth and explain it. That I know for me makes the world seem a little bit less chaotic. It makes it a little bit easier to feel like I'm finding community within the kink world and outside of the kink world. I mean, I don't know how it is, but damn Scorpios can find one another in a crowded room. I, I don't know how we do it. <laughs> um, you, I think it's because we're usually holding something purple and rolling our eyes. That's just what I think it is, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> definitely the eye rolling thing. Um, but it, so if you are tempted to kind of roll your eyes at it, you have a partner who's totally into it and they're doing all of the online tests to tell you exactly who they are and they've sorted themselves into like a Hogwarts house and they know what kind of wine and cheese they are because Buzzfeed needs to stop those damn quizzes and all of that. <laughs> from my perspective, it, it's, it does give me a little bit of sense of, oh, I, I make, I have a place, I fit in a place somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I have a little bit of an easier way to explain myself. How you work in the, what kind of cheese you are in the conversation, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> give me a minute, I can probably figure it out. I'm probably blue cheese, okay? I taste really good in small doses, but you probably don't wanna be around me for too long. <laughs> Just, I'm blue cheese, there we go. Um, but, you know, I, I do, th especially if you are a person who's like, oh God, this stuff, uh, and you happen to be considering as a partner or in a relationship with somebody who's very much into it and wants to talk about this with you and wants to dig into details of who they are and who you are and let's let's know ourselves really well. You know, just, just I would say, just keep that in mind. And I would mm. also say if, if you enjoy figuring out who you are in those ways and being able to identify and define yourself in those ways and you have a different reason that you know you do it i would love to hear what that is you can mm -hmm. comment in all the places that comments are available um this is a massive topic we are in the an up, it's not going to be a video series where every single week we're talking about it we're going to like throw them into the mix of our mm -hmm. youtube videos intersperse but, right but we are gonna dig into different personality tests and quizzes and stuff like that as a way to talk about who we are within this context, um, because I find that so fascinating and you do too, oh, yeah? I do too, yeah. Yeah, so this conversation is gonna keep coming up, but I really wanted to like talk about why we think it's important to have an idea of who you are to, to, mm -hmm. to, if you are interested in doing it, to do the work of knowing who you are. Do you have to take 85 uh, internet quizzes um, to know who you are? No, <laughs> no, no. I have learned a lot about myself just sitting silently with my thoughts or journaling or just going through shit. And then when I was at a good place mentally to look back on that shit going, what, what was good about that? What do I, would I never do again? You know, what did I learn? Like you can do that kind of work and never have to put a label on it and never have to take an internet quiz. Um, but I find internet quizzes fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um i could ramble y'all know me but uh i'm gonna stop rambling on this one because there will be a whole <laughs> bunch of videos that come out in the future where i'm rambling about it again so let's uh let's not um beat a dead horse hmm. yeah poor horse okay. anyway okay so um we are uh, going to um, be done with this. We are going to have a bonus section. Mm -hmm. um, did I think of an emoji of the week? No, so I'll have to do that when we start the bonus section. So we are uh, we're gonna we're gonna be done. We're good. I don't think so. Not this week. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. All right. Ready? Uh. Uh. Keep, Keep it kinky, y'all, and we'll see you next week. Daddy. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? You've been doing all this talking. It's a different for, kind for of talking. For almost 45 minutes to an hour. It's a different kind of talking. And, and you want to talk some more? I mean, that is what I do, right? That's who I am. I know thyself. <laughs> I'm a talker. I'm a talker. Let me be very clear. I have known for, for my whole lifetime. 
Yeah. I mean, one of the stories of uh, my childhood, you know, if you're in one of those families where there's some family member, for me it was both my mom and, like, my aunt and my grandmother. They love to tell stories of baby Kayla, whatever. Because I was an only child and only grandchild. I was the only onlyest. So, yeah, highly spoiled. Mm -hmm. And so I know at what age I said my first word, 14 months. I know at what age I started to actually identify words <coughs> and read. I know that show and tell in kindergarten, I read a book. Not just to show that I could read, but so I could talk. Uh, <laughs> I know who I am. I'm a talker. <laughs> <laughs> I am many, many other things, but I am also a talker. This will be one of those episodes that I will feel like we did not in any way do justice and will feel very anxious about. This is too mm. big of a topic to get it, my arms around. It, it's a big topic, and it's something that's um, extremely personal. To yes. Person to person. It's so you know, personal. Mileage is going to vary. Um, you know, the the... The tests are great. The tests can be fun. They're they're interesting on on certain levels, but you know it. They're they're not everything for everybody. No, um, and sometimes you go with the tool that you can find, and yeah. if that's what you find, that's where you start. But it, I mean, you, don't you know, have like to. like with us, we complement each other in in many ways because you're a talker, I'm not. Yeah, which is hilarious to do both videos. I know, I know, right? Yeah. So, yeah, what's funny is I know you're not a talker, so I, I'm prepared to carry the conversation, clearly. Mm -hmm. But also, uh, for that, what that means is I sometimes forget to allow you to speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's, it's a big honking complicated topic and yeah. the thing is, is as with all things there's no way we can touch on every single mm -hmm. bit of it that is important to everybody um we're focusing on the things that are important to us because that's just how we're wired um and trying to create room for nuance so mm -hmm. uh what is our emoji of the week i don't know <laughs> i'm feeling very I don't and know. I, I'm feeling away right now. And I know this is kind of past the thing, but I'm going to throw it in there. You know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, whether they're introvert, extrovert. Um, me, I'm a, I consider myself to be an ambivert. Remind me, because it's um, both. It, it's a little of both. It, right. It's a combination of both. Um, you know, I am quite happy to sit at home quietly but um, when I get that hair up my ass, you know I want to head out and be around people. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh my God, you're like a puppy being let out into the yard. <laughs> if you're new here, no, I'm, I'm not like that. <laughs> it is difficult. Yeah. But, you know, then, then I want, you know, a after being out and about... Um, I want to come home and just shut out the world. Yeah. I, I'm a, a very hardcore introvert and have become more so during the plague. Um, I've had some rough moments where it's like, I just want to browse in a store. I just kind of want to yeah. be out in the world. But it's not that I, I want to be out in the world on my own terms, quietly in my head, just doing my own thing, left the fuck alone. Um, and now I actually, have, I struggle 
to make myself go out, which is not mm. healthy either. Um, our emoji of the week is technically face with monocle. I always think of it as the thinking face. I use it sarcastically sometimes, yeah, but I'm going to yeah. redefine it for this week as our emoji of the week to the the monocle. He's he's thinking about himself or themselves. I don't know. Did I just gender <laughs> an emoji? Jesus, I'm sorry, y'all. I don't. That's. That emoji has no known gender. Yeah. The emoji with the monocle. I like that one. I do. I I use it very sarcastically. Or is it the monocle? Monocle emoji. That's not how the YouTube said it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. But, um. So, um, what have we got for uh, bonus sections? Um. Well, I, I started um, a new little project this week, something I talked about a while back. Yes. And, and I'm finally getting around to it. I have started making the shelves to catify the house. And if you're not sure what the hell catify is, it is. Um, basically, what I'm doing is I'm going to, um, in two rooms in the house, I'm going to put stepped shelves up the wall so the cats can climb. Yes, and maybe stop scratching the fuck out of both the walls and our doors. No, we'll have to get other things for that. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, and I, I, well, I, I have plans to do some cat um, scratching posts as well. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. But uh, for right now, I, I've started on the shelves. Um, I bought some, uh, I, I'm just doing some simple pine. Uh, bought some lengths of wood, seven and a half inches wide. Um, cut it to length the other day, um, softened the edges, uh, routed the edges so they're round, and um, I put first coat of finish. You're not even telling them the best part about your catifying project. I know. There's only I, one I detail that really matters here. I haven't got there yet. I know. Um, so I've got the, the first coat of finish on. And we had gone to um, Joanne's mm-hmm. last weekend um, because I wanted some kind of, of fabric to go over the top so, you know, it's it soft on their feet. So we're looking around, and, and I saw some things that kind of uh, stuck out to me, um, but they just didn't hit. And then you found... Of course, that I fabric, um, and it's it's like all different cats. It's cat themed. It's, it's cat themed fabric. Yes. It's a cross chain, almost an upholstery fabric, almost a drapery fabric. Yeah. And since you're putting it over cheap wood, if it gets scratched up, we're not that worried about it. Mm-hmm. But it's super soft and it's gray, and there's cats all over it. And I was like, yep. well, and it was on clearance. And I was like, well, of course you have to get this fabric. Right. But of course, right. we don't know. Sh- me as the wannabe quilter, we don't know shit about fabric. So we take this remnant bolt up to the desk at Joanne's, and <laughs> she's like, well, how how much do you want? And I understood we needed to stay in yards. Yeah. Cut off, blah 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 piece. <laughs> and I'm like, well, and I didn't know, I didn't have the visual in my head like you did of what this project yeah, was. So I'm yeah. like, 
minimum you're gonna want a yard if what I'm understanding is correct. And so I look over, cause I'm desperate to go look at my own fabric, but I promise mm-hmm. to help you pick out this fabric first. And I could see going with her over there going, well, one shelf will be about yay big. <laughs> and another shelf will be about yay big. And she's like, what are you doing with this fabric? And then in front of a total stranger, we said, we're catifying our house. And I said, and we watch too much YouTube. That is really <laughs> yes. what this is. Um, and we settled on a yard and a half <laughs> with the justification that that's probably more than enough, actually. But if it's yeah. not enough, gray is an easy color to match. Right, so right, it's fine. Right. We could coordinate later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was the that was a moment of two people who didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And she was a very patient. She was. Lady. She was like, give her that. She looked at I us funky. That. Oh. So we did that, and you've been working on that. How yeah. um, how far are you out from having that done? Um, the I've I just put the second coat of finish on on one side. Uh, probably about another hour, I'll be able to flip it over and do the second coat, mm-hmm. and that'll be it for the finish. I ordered the brackets that I'm going to use to mount them on the wall. Those will be here Saturday. Mm-hmm. So will they be up on Saturday? Hope so. That'd be nice. Or at least by Sunday anyway. Yeah, that means you're going to make me do housework, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, probably won't be Saturday. We have our... Oh, we got all kinds of stuff. I got all told kinds you some of the stuff, stuff I've on got on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Um, so once you were done, I was like, please, please, may I go look at fabric? <laughs> and... This was not a completely new concept to me, but as a little newbie baby quilter, I uh, recently came across an entire, like, both YouTube channel and site devoted to um, quilting patterns that only use three yards of fabric. So what that means, you only have to pick out three. They coordinate in whatever way you want them to coordinate. And then ta-da, and it's a really simple pattern. And I'm really excited because it's going to, I'm going to use it as a future pattern. And I liked it because the way they explained how you do it, picking out colored fabric and coordinating it made more sense to me. And I was like, oh, this is a little bit less stressful than I thought it would be. Um, Until I was in Joanne's and I was like, I really want to buy some fabric for a quilt I won't be making for easily two or three months, but whatever. This is not the point I wanted this fabric. And there was a sale. And the same lady who watched us as we just butchered how to explain what we needed, watched me for 30 solid minutes picking out fabric. I walked the whole fabric section. I picked one. So these three-yard quilt patterns, they say pick out one main fabric that's got a big, bold pattern on it, whatever kind of pattern, whatever kind of print. Like, it's it's your feature. And then what you do is you pick out a light color and a dark color that coordinate with that main one. And it can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and quilters keep talking about color theory and my eyes glaze over and I just don't understand and I just want pretty stuff. So I found my main quilt and then I was trying to find coordinating colors to go with it or my main fabric and I couldn't and I couldn't and I couldn't and I walked and I picked up this bolt and I picked up that bolt and and this lady's steady watching me the whole time. Did (laughs) she offer to help? No, and that's okay. I wouldn't not have wanted her help, but I did think it was a little weird that she watched me the whole time. So I went back and forth, back and forth. I finally rejected that fabric. So then I go back and I'm like, let me go, let me go look again. Maybe maybe there's another one that like strikes me. And I pick another one. And I then I get get it coordinated. I picked all the fabric I need for the pattern and the backing fabric. So it's four different fabrics and they're beautiful and I love them and it's gonna be for my mom and she won't care that nothing is straight and everything's wonky and that's why she's gonna get that one. Um 
this woman watched me the whole time picking out all, I mean, just like, like she needed popcorn. She was watching a TV show and I was like, is it that fascinating to watch somebody who clearly doesn't know what they're doing try to do this? <laughs> um, okay, if I can provide some entertainment. I think she was more shocked when I came up to the desk and was like, I know exactly how much yardage I need. Thank you. Because <laughs> she did look over at you like, are you sure you know how much you need? Um, but I both fig- learned how difficult it is to decide on fabric and pick coordinating fabrics and also loved it and want to go to our actual local quilt shop where I know, cause I've been in it. They have so many more fabrics that are so much more beautiful, but <laughs> we haven't gotten out there yet. No. So yeah, my, I didn't get to do any quilting or working on my sewing machine this past Mm-mm. weekend, but I still managed to live my best quilting life. Yep. So, and weirdly I picked out fabric that had zero purple in it. I did that because it's from my mom. My mom doesn't, she doesn't dislike purple, but she's, that's not one of her favorite colors. One of her favorite colors is pink. Pink. And I was like, Mm -hmm. ah, I got this. Um, And it's going to be beautiful. Um, But yeah, that's, so yeah, we had, we had an adventure at Joanne's Fabrics. And we have learned, and I learned, the lesson was reiterated to me. You go, you can go on the weekend or the middle of the week, but you go at night. You go like an hour before they close, you go at night. How do I know? Because, and I did technically need to go back to Joanne's like, it was Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It was not the day we're recording. Uh, Cause the 15 year old needed, he's doing a tie dye project in his chemistry class. Cause tie dye is chemistry. And so he needed a white cotton shirt that he could do tie dye with. And I was like, oh, let me go back to Joanne's. And I walked in mid morning on a Monday and it was packed. All of the retirees were there. All of them. Told you they're restocking after the weekend of crafting. So not just in terms of my introvert self, but also in terms of my I don't want to breathe anybody else's <laughs> air self because there's a plague. Uh, middle of the night is the time to go to Joanne's for sure. Yeah. Even though it means you're going to have a stranger staring at you while you agonize over fabric. Mm. Like I almost feel like I would have said politely said no thanks and any help. But I do feel like maybe she should have at least asked. Hmm. Could you, do you need a help a hand there? Hmm. Is there anything? Can I help you with anything? Like I, she came over to the shelves I was looking at bolts at and straightened them. Like across <laughs> from me, I was like, "Hi." As I, I stood there and looked at like three different shades. At one point, I was looking at these shades of like teal, and it was three distinct shades. And I kept bringing the the bolt and holding it next to one, and then next to another, and then next to another. And I was like, "Why?" Does this feel harder to do than like my college thesis paper that we had to write as our senior project? Like, why is this the more difficult thing to do? So, <laughs> but, <sighs> so yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's been our big thing. Mm. Um, Lola update. She's amazing. She's got a vet appointment on Friday, day that this goes out as a podcast, just a checkup, nothing major. Mm-hmm. Um, Ella and Onyx are still hissing and batting at one another. Not as much, though. Well, at least once a day. Yeah. You hear the meow, fight cat sound. Oh, God. And then it's over and they don't do it again. It's almost like they got to, like, get it out of their systems and then they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're great. Everybody's great. I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, Onyx is doing 
good. She she actually is venturing out of her her space a little more. Kayla found her on top of the refrigerator I yesterday. I found her when she jumped off and scared the shit out of me. Yeah. That's how I found her. And I was I when she told me that I I was just kind of nodded and was like, yeah, that would seem about right for her. She's on the highest spot in the house. And she has a pretty good view of who is where. Sure. <laughs> so that that's pretty much the spot for her. But also, <laughs> uh, Ella is now spending time on Onyx's cat tree. Yeah. So she probably thinks the only space she has left is the top of the refrigerator. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know. It was fine at first because Ella actually was actively leaving sections of the cat tree alone that Onyx had clearly been all over. Like there's one scratching post that it just looks like fluff now mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's mm-hmm. where Onyx scratches. And she wasn't sitting on the, the top of the cat tree, which is where Onyx likes to lay. It's where she sleeps. She was like at the next level down and she was picking a different scratching post. And I was like, okay, great. This should mean they can share this. Mm -hmm. This is a good sign to see because eventually I'd like the cat tree to not be in our bedroom. But this morning, was it today? Today. Walked in and Ella's on top. Ella's in Onyx's spot. I don't know how Onyx is going to handle it. Onyx goes into deep hiding for a few hours every day. Hides way in the back corner of our bedroom closet mm-hmm. so nobody can see her. Um, and then Ella gets run of our bedroom when that happens. And that's, I don't I don't know what's going to happen when Onyx comes yeah. out of hiding. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, she, she didn't hiss at me, but she batted at me the other day right after I'd been petting Ella and I tried to pet her. <laughs> Traitor. Yeah. Traitor. Yeah. But Onyx has been sleeping with me at night. Mm-hmm. When we go to bed, I'll wake up and she'll be snuggled up alongside my stomach. Um, now, this morning, I was kind of asleep, and I was I was facing towards you, kind of spooning you. And I rolled over and got a face full of cat. Onyx was... <laughs> I didn't even feel her. She is so stinking stealthy. She comes and goes. You don't even know it. Mm-mm. And uh, apparently she was on my pillow. I rolled over and poof, face full of cat. <laughs> well, she officially woke me up by headbutting me and aggressively making me pet her, which is fine. I don't mind. I want her to love me. She does not understand how much alike we are. Like, we should we should be besties. It's just, we just should be. Yeah. Um, but, eh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the fur babies are wonderful. Yeah. The real children are fine. They're 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 good. They're 15 and 11 in the <laughs> middle of a plague at a time right. in their life when they think the worst thing that ever has to happen to them is that they have to go to school. And quite frankly, some of the stories the 15-year-old brings home about some of his teachers. I mean, I had to I we didn't have to, I guess, but we gave the child permission. He uh, pointed out something his teacher said that was definitely offensive. Yeah. And he said, Mom, what I wanted to say was, what the fuck? What are you doing, dude? <laughs> and I, he said, but, you know, I didn't I didn't know what would happen if I did that. I said, look, if you hear something dr- truly offensive come from an adult geared towards any type of student or any specific student, 
uh, you take that referral to the office with fucking pride. You're not getting in trouble with me. <laughs> I said, you feel free to defend and and call out and question bullshit you hear, even from a teacher. And he went, really? I said, don't don't tell don't tell me they said something offensive just so you can get away with cussing them out. I said, but for real. I said, if if they're saying something that he was like, yeah, it was aimed at this one student. And that student looked really shocked, and we all looked really shocked. But no one knew what to say. But I know what I wanted to say, and I'm like consider this permission to say to say it i said you might get in trouble with school you're not getting in trouble at home he went okay i'll keep that in mind i'm like please let us let us call out the bullshit especially the racist and the sexist bullshit and how is this teacher teaching with this racist and sexist bullshit it's fine it's fine this is fine um <laughs> but i was proud of my kid for having a reaction so um yeah so yeah, everything's, I mean, we just did, the hard part of doing, we just recorded a podcast for our uh, Patreon community, and it's our behind the scenes. Uh, a day late, we decided there were 29 days in February this year. Instead <laughs> <laughs> so of 28, yeah. we were a day late. Um, but, like, uh, there was so much there that now I'm like, well, didn't I already say all that? <laughs> I don't have anything left. I'm running on empty. The cats are great. The dog is great. The kids are great. We have a newfound love of fabric. We're mm -hmm. done. There we go. Yeah. And so I think that's plenty, right? Yeah. 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 I think we're... I think that's more than enough. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are interested in continuing the conversation on personalities and figuring yourself out and defining yourself, uh, if you have not already, feel free to subscribe to the YouTube channel because those videos are coming. We're going to have uh, more conversations as part of an ongoing mm -hmm. video series. So... Um, thanks again to the Butters Hygienics Company, getthebutters.com, for sponsoring this episode. Use code Kayla for 15% mm -hmm. off. Take advantage uh, of the, in the U.S. at least, the free shipping. Go for it. I certainly need to place an order and do the same. <laughs> um, and, yeah. I think that's it, right? Yeah. Okay. We love you guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.